Olá e bem-vindo ao outro episódio de Chili com Millie, where Camille voices her opinions about many things. To start off today's episode, I would like to thank Zach Cachero-Bain for being my first podcast supporter. I truly appreciate it. So, in today's episode, I am going to begin the next serial killer topic by the name of John Wayne Gacy. This whole situation is a tumultuous whirlwind, but it is one that is worth a read or a listen. So, John Wayne Gacy was a sex offender and a serial killer who operated during the years of 1972 to 1978. Something I think is cool is that once John Wayne Gacy ended, Jeffrey Dahmer began. The serial killers are just on a roll. John Wayne Gacy was never seen to be capable of being so demented because of his choking ways, but looks can be deceiving. All of Gacy's victims were young men between the ages of 14 to 21, just like with Jeffrey Dahmer, he was struggling with his own identity. John liked to clown around, but he was not exactly carefree. He was more of a serious person. The Gacy family lived in a quiet home and nothing but the sound of ambience filled their home when their father was there until the bell rang and it was time for a boxing match. Their father had a hair trigger temp temper and the whole family lived in fear of it. This was the same for Ted Bundy. I believe that his grandfather had an explosive temper and violent thoughts about pornography, which ultimately became his obsession. With many of the serial killers that I have read about, not a single one of them came from a normal family life. None of them had any moral backbones and had a lack of common decency throughout their life. So I think that we can draw the conclusion that where there is a history of violence, there is a history of repression of feelings from the victims, which ultimately comes out in the form of anger and violence, or it can come out in the form of great sadness and sorrow. People express their feelings differently when they themselves have been the victim of ongoing outbreaks of rage and dysfunctionality. Dysfunctionality and violent tendencies uh, was a common thing for John Wayne Gacy and his family in their household. Not only that, but his father was an avid drinker and suffered from alcoholism. Alcohol has a large impact on the behaviors of many and Gacy faced the maltempered and petulant father when he was out of it. Gacy's father was a World War I veteran, so I think I can understand that maybe part of his anger was from traumatic events he may have witnessed or it could be the stress he was under while at war. There are mental health consequences of a war. It creates a long-term psychological pain for adults that constantly disrupts, disrupts their cognitive functioning. That could be a big reason as to why he was so upset with John Wayne Gacy constantly. It may have been that he was facing emotional, depressive, and anxiety-written effects of the war. And sometimes, With some people, when they are under a lot of stress and or experience many stressful situations, they may turn to drinking because they feel it numbs their pain. But drinking can only cause stress and alter the body's physiological balance, which aids in proper body harmony. Nothing was ever normal about the Gacy household, but with all serial killers, nothing is ever normal. But in the end of all of this trauma, 
Gacy never seemed to hate his father. I guess when you realize that someone cannot change for the better, you get used to the mess because you are, uh, you see that maybe they don't mean harm, but because they are already sick, they cannot control their rambling thoughts. So you can't do anything to help someone if they don't want to help themselves first. But one thing I want to state is that no matter what, no one can ever excuse the endless trauma and emotional abuse a parent placed upon their child, no matter the circumstance. There are major events that took place over his lifespan. One of the events is that his father, when Gacy was four, beat him with a hard leather belt because he accidentally disarranged his car engine. This action left Gacy unconscious. Another time, when Gacy got so badly bruised was when his father beat him for stealing a toy truck when he was six. Gacy's mother tried to shield Gacy from being hit by his father once he stole that truck, but it only made his father worse. His father began to call him a sissy and a mama's boy and told him that he would probably end up queer. He was only four. As children, many listen to their parents' words and follow parents' actions because parents are basically the foundation for how the child could be. Parents start paving the way and the child finishes it. I think that when you have a parent calling you derogatory names, especially as a child, you may begin believing it even if you do not know what it truly means. Parents should never be a child's biggest and worst bully. Parents should be a guiding force in the right direction. Even if things fail, you should always hop right back on. You cannot just beat your child and call them names and expect for them to turn out normal. They may be carrying a lifetime of emotional baggage that they have no idea how to get rid of because they are so afraid that the negativity was what was protecting them from getting hurt again. It is almost like an, the emotional negativity baggage was their shield in some way. Some parents may not even understand the extent in which they are hurting and damaging their child because to the parents, it is just a normal thing to them. No one ever truly knows the extent of their words and actions until something happens and it blows up in their face. You cannot expect someone to be a certain way, think a certain way, or act a certain way, and think that consequences are not going to follow. Gacy's sister, named Karen, mentioned how they learned to toughen up against their father's brutality. They had toughened up so much that John Wayne prevented himself from letting tears fall. John Wayne Gacy was also a member of a clown club called the Chicago area Jolly Joker Clown Club. And he would also wear clown makeup and performed in attire suited for clowns. He even had alter egos called Pogo the Clown and Patches the Clown, but it was the killer clown that set the bait to lure the innocent. He would lure his victims in with promises that he could give them what they wanted. Ultimately, he would end up capturing them, torturing them, sexually assaulting them, as well as strangling most with what he could find. Strangling is a very brutal way to kill someone, just like stabbing is. To strangle someone takes a lot of power and strength. I think he channeled his anger from his life and used it to do the most damaging. But 
maybe what he did to his victims is a reflection of what he wants to do or what he wanted to do or wished would happen to his father. Gacy once, once mentioned how clowns could get away with murder. With murder. The happy and jolly frumping looking sacks of colorful confetti throw up can get away with murder. And to be honest, I would not even be surprised if they did. I actually love clowns, but because they are hiding behind a mask of face paint and large baggy clothing, it makes it easier for them to hide. It would be easy for a clown to get away with murder because I think it is the, like the same with Santa Claus. They can never do wrong because they are known to be innocent beings. In 1949, John Wayne Gacy plus another boy were caught in a sexual activity with a young girl. Once his father heard this, he was immediately whipped. He, he immediately whipped Gacy with a razor strop as punishment. The same year, Gacy was molested by a family friend. This family friend also would take Gacy for rides in his contractor truck and then sexually abuse him. After such events happened, Gacy not once told his father because he was afraid his father would pin the blame on him and then punish him. When it comes to sexual assault of men and boys, they may have some additional challenges. They may face, they may face challenges in social attitudes and stereotypes because of the men equal masculinity and masculinity equaling men. Men are always told to just suck it up or be a man, but telling a boy or a man to just be a man or to just man up does not seem like an encouraging statement, especially in emotional traumas and emotional situations. Hearing parents say man up or hearing coaches or friends say such a thing seems to deplete the young man or young boy's self-esteem. Instead of talking about feelings, men tend to just deal with it or ignore it or suck it up. But that can only make matters worse. We need to normalize men having emotions and crying it out. We need to normalize male femininity. Because saying men up is not cutting it. Men can face and do face many of the same negative social issues that girl and women face daily. We need to remember and recognize that the, the, that men facing the same issues as women and young girls, we need to recognize that as an ongoing issue. Being a man does not mean playing sports or bypassing an emotionally and physically hurting situation by hiding your emotions because it may be deemed as weak by other men or may, sometimes even women too. But being a man means allowing yourself to be human and to not be afraid to let your emotions out and to not be afraid to tell how you feel to those close to you. Not that you have to tell how you feel, but men should not be made to feel small for voicing what is on their minds. Being a man does not mean accepting everything that involves hard labor because men are supposed to be strong and simple-minded. It means doing something because it feels right to you, because you want to do it. But it may be harder for men to find who they truly are when others are out there trying to push them into a single box labeled for manly men. Because men, just like women, 
can love and be who they want to be as long as it is either legal and or safe. Obviously. That is what went wrong for Gacy. His father tried to push him into a box because he wanted to push his ideas about what a true man was onto Gacy. His own father was his bully and his worst nightmare. Soon after his fondling incidents, Gacy developed a heart condition which made him miss out on sports and events at school that required any type of hard physical activity. In the fourth grade, he began to experience blackouts, which was truly a serious matter that rendered him in a hospital occasionally because of seizures and soon a burst appendix. From the ages of 14 to 18, he was in the hospital periodically periodically because of his seizures and health issues. Because of how frequently because of how frequent they happened, his father grew suspicious and thought that Gacy was fooling around because his grades in school were slipping at this time as well because of his episodes. So he thought that maybe Gacy was doing all of this for attention and to gain sympathy from others. But his mother, some close friends, as well as his sister, never doubted him in his pains because they were not hateful towards Gacy. Gacy was always close with his mother and his sister, but because of his father's ridicule towards Gacy, they probably felt that they could not do anything to make his pain stop. But Gacy's medical condition was something that was never disclosed in the end, and to this day it remains a mystery. But yet, even after falling ill, he was still looked at as another failure. The moments of when Gacy's father would randomly ridicule him were very often. Even his friends would witness the horror. Not once did Gacy hit his father back, but Gacy's father would always retaliate as if his own son beats him. But the cause of his anger is something I really don't understand. Yes, it could, yes, it probably most likely was the alcohol, but it's it with reading about it i felt that his anger um aside from being caused for, by the alcohol was something that was like a deep-rooted hatred for his own son i think that gacy's father was just irritated by the being of his own son that anything his son did the father felt disgusted and just wanted his son to hurt so that he could feel pain and hate himself as much as his own father may have hated him. Like with many things involving any serial killer, I ask the question of, could this have been prevented? What can one do to prevent this from happening? For cases like Richard Ramirez, Jeffrey Dahmer, and Ted Bundy, I, I feel that maybe it couldn't have been prevented. Um, because they were filled with sexual fantasies and wanted to commit sexual acts and violent crimes. Ted Bundy was into violent pornography and exploitation, so I believe that his destiny would not have been any different than what it was. For Richard Ramirez, I do not think that anyone could, poss could have possibly changed his attitude and his view of things because he was so immersed in Satanism and cult-like behaviors that there was no turning back. For John Wayne Gacy, maybe there could have been a moment for him to not turn out the way he did. Maybe his demented thoughts could have been helped and rehabilitated, but at the same time, 
like many other serial killers, he struggled with his homosexuality. He also had a homophobic and abusive father who also ridiculed Gacy. So maybe there was no saving grace for him. This is why learning about serial killers is so interesting. It is because there are many conclusions and many of them make sense. Some, maybe not. But not only that, it is interesting to hear and read about how the serial killer feels and thinks about what they have done and how what they have done may have caused pain to others. It, what they have done may even be a mystery to them as well. And so it is just, especially with watching the, um, when they get interviewed by the detectives, it's very interesting to watch those because you can, you can sort of read, if, if you're really good at it, you can sort of read their body language or you can, if you pay attention to detail, maybe you can um, try to get a feel for how they felt at that moment compared to how they feel now about it. And that's just, it's very cool when you get to put together all those pieces. And so, um, yeah, so now we're at the end, but tune in to the next episode where I will go over Gacy's murders and his life as a clown. To end this podcast, I will say a quote. No one ever suspects the clown. Thank you for listening. Adios.